Welcome back, everyone, to Curb Your Podcast. My name is Axel. Curb Your Podcast is a part of the DVR Podcast Network. You can check us out at DVRpodcast.com, and you can also support our podcast, get early access, and special Patreon-only exclusives at patreon.com slash DVR. Actually, um... Keith Actor and I, uh, my co-host on podcast Winterfell, our Game of Thrones podcast, did a massive like three-hour top ten music albums of all time, which I'm still editing, and that's going to drop a uh, Patreon only. So go on over there if you've been listening to Sean and I all year. Um, we appreciate the support, and we've got more coming for you. So speaking of Sean, Sean, how you doing, buddy? How was your Thanksgiving? I'm good. Uh, Thanksgiving was wonderful. Um, just nice not to be at work. Um, yeah, it was good to like, you know, get out of the mix and, uh, you know, I basically, I ended up getting like really dehydrated towards the end of the uh, holiday because I realized like for like three straight days, the only thing, the only liquid that I'd put in my body was coffee and bourbon. Mm. that's basically it together or separate did you have a little coffee separate oh okay no i don't yeah i don't do that no no you don't do what is it what wait is an irish coffee bourbon or is it it's whiskey uh i think it's whiskey yeah i think an irish coffee is whiskey i remember my dad i used to go out drinking with my dad and i'd have three beers and he'd have like a hundred beers and then like at the end of the night he'd be like all right it's time to go and i'd be like thank god we can go home and i can go smoke a joint now and then he'd be like time for the irish coffee and then he'd have like five irish coffees (laughs) and i would be like larry sitting there like all right already with the irish coffee um yeah thanksgiving was fun i had a good thanksgiving we talked a little bit about it the closer I get to my relatives, the better Thanksgiving is because then my entire Thanksgiving was three and a half hours long. And that was, that's a good, that's a good amount for me. Yeah. You know, I don't need, I don't need to do the thing where I'm like traveling home Thursday night. uh, You know, you go out Wednesday night, you see all these people that you never want to even talk to, or you don't even want to be Facebook friends with, but everybody acts like it's great. And then you have to spend all day long with these weird relatives you don't like. I don't have to do any of that anymore. That's that's beautiful. For me, it's it's easy because <laughs> like I don't. I mean, you have a wife and a child. Like I don't have that. Yeah. So I, I just basically show up and I eat. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody but, else has to watch after their kids. Yeah, and, but don't look, man. You got to think like Larry. The kid is the ultimate excuse. Oh, yeah. You can get out of anything once you have a kid. It's wonderful. You're not feeling good that day. You don't feel like messing with somebody. Oh, no, the kid is, oh, the kid's sick. Sorry, he can't come. You know, (laughs) Thanksgiving time. Oh, we got to go. He's so tired. He's going to throw a fit. You know, you can just get out of everything, dude. I love it. My son goes along with it, too. I always tell him, like, just be quiet. And then, you know, when he was younger, he used to be like, I'd be on the phone and, I, and somebody would be like, hey, let's go. I can't. The kid's sick. And then he'd hear me in the back. He'd go, I'm not sick, daddy. I'm fine. <laughs> and I'd be like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Kids are so honest. <laughs> yeah, kids, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, all right. Let's get into the episode. This is season nine, episode nine, The Shucker. Um, this was written by Larry Jeff Schaefer and uh, on and uh, I I didn't uh, what, what did I mess up my notes I just put Hurwitz well we know these people I just put Larry's first name but this is our our uh, our general crew um, my initial reactions let me let's hear yours first what's your reactions to this our our uh, penultimate episode we only have one more episode left this season what was your feelings on the shucker on the shucker. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I love the uh, the guest spot with the guy from Wings. Yeah, Stephen Weber. Uh, yeah, I thought he was pretty good. Um, I thought in general it was pretty – like I just feel like they're doing too much in the show. Like there's too many – like you could, he could have done a whole episode. Like he was like – I don't know, like Judge Judy, like that whole like thing. Like that could have been its own thing. I just feel like there's so many things that could be individual episodes mm-hmm. that – 
they just you know how they used to like beat the premise the premises in the old episodes like beat one premise and beat it to death yeah it's like now it's like there's lots of different jokes yeah i'm telling you man i really think that this is very jeff schaefer um i mm-hmm. this is exactly how the league was and it was it was how it was it's it's actually the same arc as the league they started out uh. with one or two premises beat them to death and then you kind of would get to the point where you were like okay we get you know they keep on like put like basically shoehorning a premise into a scene to get you know what i mean to bring yeah. it back to it and it became obvious and then they started doing episodes where there were like they just did like 30 of them and then they'd come back to like three of them in the end. And that's kind of what they're doing here. It's a little bit more controlled here on curb than it got on the league. But I do agree with you, I think, but in a way too, it's like after nine seasons, you've got to mix it up. And I think that they're just trying, they're just having fun, I think. And my hope is that, there's more I think he could probably do five more seasons, and I hope that the next season he kind of pulls it back and reins it in a little bit more um yeah. because well, I can think of like so many things it's just off the top of my head, okay, so the n d a that could have been its own thing yep the cow the cowboy hat mm-hmm. judge Judy, the tickets the only thing I didn't like about this episode, I felt like uh. If you're going to play yourself in a show, play yourself. There's no way Lin-Manuel Miranda acts like that at all. There's oh, no way. That's so funny, dude. Because I was going to say that I love that. You know, I, It's I, not. There's no way he's like that. I don't know him. No, but. I have heard from people. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I know a few people here and there. I've heard from people that he's super nice. And I've also heard that just in the general atmosphere, like Twitter, Facebook, or like reading articles, I've just, I've heard that he's like the nicest dude alive. Like he's like super go out of his way, always has high energy, is always into anything. You know what I mean? I love that dude, man. He's infectious. I have, I know nothing about Hamilton. I am not like. I mean, I have to admit, I was one of these people who heard the idea and I was like, you're kidding, right? Like, we're going to turn another thing into rap. But he really did something incredible with it. And I, you know, I have to admit, I'm, inter- I'm at this point, I'm actually interested. I've always been kind of a, a Broadway fan and I'm interested in it, but I don't know anything about Hamilton. Literally, it, the whole the whole thing has escaped me. Well, I feel like the desk thing that could that like literally could have been a whole episode. Like yeah. that, you could have used that in so many places, or like the position of power. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah, you're right. I mean, they are. They're 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 just they're just squeezing a lot in there, man. They really yeah. are. Um, I still enjoy the show. I'm just I'm noticing that it's just different from the previous seasons that's all yeah just just an observation i agree and it's hard it's sometimes hard even when i'm doing the notes and i'm watching the show it's hard to keep track i keep on thinking wasn't that last episode when that like you know what i mean because there's so much going on that it just builds and they did i like this episode a lot i like the way that they brought back about five or six things um, just in the judge Judy scene, they brought back like three or four things from earlier in the season. Um, I, even the thing where Susie ends up fucking the shucker is kind of a callback to Jeff fucking the real estate agent. Right. And I like the way they did that in a, actually when the episode was over, I thought it was the finale. Yeah, it was crazy because there was a lot of different yeah, like, short, it was like, short scenes. Yeah, it was, it was 45 minutes long, dude. Well, at the end, I'm just saying there was a lot of short scenes. It, f- it felt weird. I was like, whoa, yeah. what's going on here? Yep. It yep. almost felt like a commercial. Yeah, it it, it is. They're, they're, I mean, they're giving him free reign. And, you know, I think that it has its its drawbacks. But in general, I think 
you know, if, if, if that, if that's what Larry wants to do, I'm kind of cool with it. I'm okay with it. I don't think that curb has like gone downhill or anything. I think if anything, it's evidence of them maybe being too enthusiastic about this season, you know, Mm. being too wanting to wanting to feeling like they have so much good shit to put out there that they're just stuffing it all in there. And, you know, like I say, hopefully next season, the edit, you know, maybe they bring someone on board who can bring it, rein it in a little bit. Um, But I still did all in all my, my feeling on the episode is I really liked it. I had a lot of fun with it. And I have to say, I keep on being, you know, you keep on making fun of me for, for like loving people on the show. Like when I love that cab driver, but, um, Lynn Manuel Miranda, that guy, he's just, he is fucking infectious. Like he's just great, man. And he fit into the show. It was like, you know, I mean, it, it was just like hand in glove. Like he just slid right into the role, into that whole world. He just knew exactly how to play the character, even just the way even like his just mannerisms and like when he was sitting behind the desk, he's like, no, that's okay. That's all. Don't worry about it. That's okay. You know, like he, it was just, cause you know, Larry hates more than anything. And I agree with him. The person who is a prick with a smile or people who try to con you by just telling you everything's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can remember in Manhattan sometimes like when I was younger, someone would try to get like, oh, can I borrow five bucks? Yeah, just give me the five bucks. No, it's okay. Just give it to me. Give me the five bucks. It's okay. Here, if you just give me five. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, it's okay. Like Larry always gets those people in there. And that's like the hardest person to deal with. Because if you try to get aggressive back at them, they're like, why are you getting so aggressive? You know? Even how they like battled on the floor and were fighting. And then it was like nothing. They just got back up and started talking. All right, let's get into the episode. Uh, we open at Larry's. He's having a little dinner party. We got the whole crew, Bridget, Jeff, Susie, Ted, Cheryl. Leon's there too. Um, he's relating to them that the fatwa is over. And then Jeff says, oh, and the play's back on. He says, oh, only if Lin-Manuel comes on board. This gets everybody, of course, because it's still going on. I don't know how long Hamilton has been out, but people still act like this and everybody now wants Hamilton tickets, Ted, Cheryl, um, Larry, then Larry kind of is joking around and he mentions that he actually fell asleep during Hamilton. And as he's saying that he notices our aforementioned shucker, Steven Weber from wings and just, so many that guy's been in it he's a really good actor man you know it's kind of interesting to have him and ted danson on the screen together because they've both done like every television show imaginable you know like steven weber was like on he would ju- he would show up on like law and order or whatever you know really yeah he's done every i mean you look at his imdb he's uh, he must be very good to work with because mm. people seem to want him around um the other thing I have to say is a shucker. <laughs> a sh- like, how rich are these people? Seriously, I've never heard of anything like such that. A thing. Yeah, I, I, have you ever heard it? You live in LA. Have you heard of? Pe- do people hire someone to shuck their fucking oysters for them? I mean, you're talking to a guy who lives off a of yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do, do you get anyone to shuck your danin? I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't even get like. I don't get invited to like shitty comedian parties, <laughs> you know, let alone dinner parties. All right. Well, I just thought that I think that I think that Larry has been playing with this super rich thing on purpose. The entire season, the golf clubs, all that kind of stuff. I think he, it's been over the top this season and I think it's on purpose. And I think it's a kind of a statement on, America and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I thought it was pretty funny that the guy was even there. Um, and I was so happy to see if it was Steve, uh, see that it was Steven Weber. So then the doorbell rings and it's Rose Shapiro 
who sold Larry the house five years ago, this old little Jewish lady. She walks in, she looks around, she starts complaining about any everything. Uh, he changed the floor, and then she becomes obsessed about the plant, that he's killing the plant. Now, I want to take a, just a break here to tell you, Sean, that my stepfather's name was Sandy Shapiro. He's still alive, but he's not married to my mom anymore. My mom's on to her third marriage by now. But uh, for a time, uh, there was a kind of a joke. My friends would kind of joke, then call me Billy Shapiro. Um, So whenever whenever there's a Shapiro that shows up on a TV show, it's always close to my heart. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, (laughs) So anyway, moving on. There were no roses, though. Nobody was named Rose in in Sandy's Sandy's family. Mm. Um, I thought this was really funny. Larry then kicks her out. And this could have been the whole episode, right? Oh, for sure. Could have been the whole episode. This is great. Larry kicks her out. He returns to the meal. And Bridget's sitting there telling all these stories about her ex-boyfriend's penises which Larry doesn't like. And I have to be honest with you. I wouldn't like it either. Are, are you fond of this, uh, Sean, if you start dating a girl and she's, she's just like always talking about her ex-boyfriend. I mean, she's making jokes about it, but it's like the immediate thought is I'm the next person that she's going to be making jokes about. Yeah. You definitely don't want to hear stories about your girlfriend's ex period. No matter what the subject matter is, <laughs> period. That's it. It's funny though because everybody goes through that phase of when you're dating someone, and then you feel like after a few months or whatnot, you've gotten to know them better, and you kind of, at some point, you think it's like somehow like showing them that you trust them to open up about your past relationships or something. And I think that that's like a curse of youth. You know, you get to a point where oh, you're yeah. like, no, we never have to have that conversation. No, as far, <laughs> as, far as I know, no. like, it's okay. you, you didn't exist until yes. the day before I met you. <laughs> yeah, you, you must be clean for Sean. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's just like. I know. know, dude, I know. It is like, you just don't want to hear it, you know? You just don't want to hear it. Um, I could tell you a story, but I'm not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't want to relive it. Did it take place in Tahoe? In Tahoe? Yeah. Oh, see, I brought the joke back and I got you. Like, just like in the show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, that we're talking oh, about. Oh, sorry. <laughs> People listening got it. I'm going to keep that in. Um, so Larry kicks her out. And like I said, uh, oh, he kicks the uh, girl. I'm going back. Uh, Bridget's telling stories about penises. Larry doesn't like it. Then while they're talking, Rose shows up again. And this was, this was beautiful. This is like, this was like Mel Brooks type of shit. The callback where she just walks back into the room. You kind of knew it was going to happen though. Right. Um, Larry kicks her out again and then he comes back and still Bridget's talking about, uh, about the penises. Uh, then our shucker takes his bow uh, they, uh, shuck you very much and all these type of stupid jokes that he likes to tell. And Stephen Weber is really good. I can't remember what movie it was or TV show where he had a guest starring as like kind of a bad guy and he was just kind of slimy. He's pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I think I remember, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember either, but I do remember. Um, so he takes his bow. And now Larry was a little nervous because he thinks he had said at the table to everyone, did that shucker overhear me? I hope that he keeps my confidence here. You know, this is almost like the doctor, patient, patient, doctor privilege, the shucky shucker privilege. Um, He's worried that somehow the shucker is going to get around town and Lynn manuels going to find out that he fell asleep at Hamilton. So Larry tries to smooth it over. They're talking in the hallway. And basically, long story short, the shuckers blackmails Larry for Hamilton tickets. So now Larry's behind the eight ball and he's got to get Hamilton tickets for the shucker. How does he always get into these uh, situations, Larry? He should have just let it go. Yeah, he should have just let it go. 
You should have just said, shuck him. So, uh, Larry. <laughs> so, Larry. <laughs> I got to laugh shuck at my own you. jokes. I'm on my own laugh track. <laughs> um, Larry, goes, Larry comes back to the table and he kicks everyone out. And I love this scene. This is when I like, th- that's what it is. Like, I want to tell Larry. Larry, you know, like the best part of the episode is just when you kicked everybody out of your house when dinner was over. Yeah. Like that to me is perfect. And it's also so after my own heart. I fucking hate hanging out after dinner. Like I don't want to sit at the table. I have to get up wherever I am after I'm done eating. The people who just want to sit there and talk for hours. It's like, you know what I do? It's just I just want a little change of venue. Yeah, no, just take it to another room. Yes. Serve coffee in another room. Exactly. Like, let us just, let us stretch our legs a little bit. Let's like, let's break from the meal and then reassemble shortly thereafter. But like, I like the way Larry, you know, because he probably just wants to have sex too. And he just kicks everybody out and they have a great line where (laughs) Susie says, thank you, Larry, for ruining a perfectly good evening. And he says, no, I didn't ruin it. I saved it. And and the fact is, he's right, because there was not enough time for Larry to ruin it. So he saved it. Uh, let's see. So on his way out, Jeff finds the cowboy hat that the shucker left, and Susie immediately loves it. She's turned on by the cowboy hat. Are you into cowboy hats, Sean? Tell me your history with dressing up like a cowboy. Not really. <laughs> Um, wait, I can hear myself in your, <laughs> in your background. It sounded weird. Anyways, um, I'm not into cowboy attire. I'm a full grown man. Okay. All right. That's good. <laughs> Maybe when I was like five. Can you still no, hear I yourself? Just... No, no. Okay. I don't know. That happens every once in a while on the, uh on the on the google chat or whatever we're using here yeah i'm not really into the cowboy thing either but Susie was man she was she was really turned on i'm not into the cowboy hats and not into the cowboy boots but you know what i do like what do like big belt buckles really for some reason i just think it's like oh it's cool just it's like it's like a smaller version of a wwf belt you know what i mean that's the way i look (laughs) so like you can wear one all the time even better i like that so wherever you go you're the champion exactly you're just walking around with the belt all right man i dig it um all right so jeff and larry are now waiting in lin-manuel miranda's office uh well they're waiting in his this is kind of hollywood i like the way they did this They're meeting at his agent's office. So the agent leaves the office so they can have a meeting. And my understanding is that this actually is the way it goes down. When people are going to meet, they'll just like use the agent's office. I don't know. It's not. So like the agent introduces them and like leaves. Yeah. Let's work together. Yeah. Like this is a thing in Hollywood. I thought that was kind of cool because I'd heard of that before. I've never experienced it, but I, I don't know, reading in like biographies and stuff. Um, oh, you know who? You know what? It was in um, oh god, Steve Gutenberg's biography, which is actually pretty funny. I read, and that was uh, a time where he talked about that—that that you would go and meet someone, and then you'd go to their agent's office, and then the agent would just leave, and you just, uh-huh. and he was like, "What's going on? Why is the agent?" And then he realized, "Oh, that's just kind of how it runs," you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of strange, you know, with all this stuff that's coming out about how it's like, why do they do these kind of weird things? Yeah, you know, you know? Steve Gutenberg's agent never came back. <laughs> <laughs> I love Steve Gutenberg, man. Um, I, I, I actually, Police Academy movies are like seriously one of my favorite things in the entire world. And he was great in Cocoon. Yes, he was. He was. He was great, great. in Cocoon. He was great. That's. Steve Gutenberg, if you're listening, I just want to apologize. Yeah, remember there was a time. I, I, you always think about this as like who could have had the other person's career, and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of mic touching. Are you touching your mic a lot there, Sean? 
It's not my mic. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever you're touching, quit it. Um, but uh, oh, that um, like Tom Hanks and Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, like, yeah. Like he and Tom Hanks are like virtually the same person. It's like it's like they it's like either one of them could have had the other's career. You know? Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, where am I now? They're waiting in the raining. Oh yeah. Jeff is telling Larry how much Susie loves the hat. Um, and then, uh, they go up to the office, the, the agent's office. And that's when Larry notices judge Judy on TV and the agent who I think his name was Aaron says, Oh, I manage her too. So that gives us the tie in how that gives us how quickly he got on to the show. You know, yeah. we didn't need a big build because this show is hilarious. They'll have like a huge build up to somebody having dinner, but then something huge like this will happen. And he just appears on the show all of a sudden. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, the uh, Lin-Manuel arrives and he kind of, you know, when he first comes in, he doesn't seem that prickish. But right off the bat, like the first thing Larry says to him is, oh, it's great to meet you. Can you get me tickets for uh, Hamilton <laughs> for my shucker? So I think right off the bat, there was like a power thing going on there. You know what I mean? Like this Lin-Manuel interpreted it. Um, then they sit down to talk. The agent leaves. And, of course, this is where we have Lin-Manuel taking the seat behind the desk. Are there times in your life, Sean, where you've been in situations like this? Can you think about where people take power like this sitting behind a desk? I don't know. I've always felt it was kind of weird. Do you know what I do? If people try to sit behind the desk like that, I stand on the desk. I like that. (laughs) No, I... I mean, I guess. I mean, I don't know. You, I mean, you can feel it in some situations when people <clears throat> are trying to make power moves. For me, I'm just like one of those people who just kind of rolls their eyes. I'm like, give me a break. Yeah, Larry. I think Larry could have. Uh, Larry could have flipped this. Yeah. No. Totally. Like you know? he should. He should have stood on the desk. <laughs> I come kind of into like when you first said it. I think you may have been waiting for me to laugh as well as our podcast listeners. But for a second there, I was imagining Larry just standing on the desk, and I was thinking that's kind of something that he would do. No, this is where I am. If you want to be there, I'm going to be here. Right? <laughs> he should have done that. Or put a, de- a chair on the desk and sit there. <laughs> Jeff, or get Jeff to sit on, to to get on the desk. And then Larry sits on his back like he's a chair. That would have been awesome. Um, So because of this, Jeff and Larry are like intimidated. Like they basically become students that were sent to the principal's office. And there's even though it's never mentioned in the show, there's even that reference uh, later on when Larry says, can we get a pen and paper? You know, and he's like, I'll oh, have the secretary right. get it for you. And I think that's kind of like that's the situation that they're in. Um, and again, I just have to say this guy is a great actor because he just it, it was fantastic. He just took over the scene. And that's kind of hard to do with Larry. Um, so he gets a call and Jeff and Larry step outside. And that's when they kind of realize Look, this this is what's happening. He's he's in the big chair. We've got to get him out from behind that desk. So when they get back into the room, Larry's trying everything. Oh, come sit over here, over there. And then Lynn Manuel's like just puts his feet up and he's like, no, I like it here. It's a nice wide angle. I can see everything. It's really good. And then he starts doing uh like kind of Hamilton type raps with Larry's song. And basically rewriting it and taking over the entire production. So basically, this is now Lin-Manuel Miranda's fatwa. It is. Larry's totally being pushed out. Uh, And then they schedule another meeting. Which I thought was, I thought something different might happen. But uh, we'll see what happens. Um, 
Next scene, we have Larry is watching a show called Chicago Homicide with Bridget for standards and practices. It's got the whole watermark on it. And I thought this was real for a second. Now, you don't watch much TV. So did you think this was real? Um, yeah, I did. It's not real. It's not. No, it's not real. Huh. They, they actually got Jerry O'Connell and Ali Larda, who play the cops in it, to um to come and shoot a fake little show for them. There's no such show as Chicago Homicide. There's Chicago Fire. There's Chicago PD, I think. There's Chicago ER, I think now, or Chicago Emergency. But I don't think there's a show actually called Chicago Homicide. There was a show called Homicide that David Simon act created. But uh, there's a spinoff, actually, of... Um, well, not a spinoff, but the same character exists in Law & Order. Wow. What's his... Uh, uh, Richard Belzer is, uh. plays the same guy <laughs> in both. That's the thing that I don't think most people realize. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is actually pretty funny. It's, it's a little fake show. Um, and then he kind of brings up her talking about the exes and he, and, uh, she's just kind of laughs it off, uh, because also she gets distracted because there's an unapproved penis in the show and Larry hears a noise and it's Rose again (laughs) in the house. Poor old Rose. Poor old Rose. Um, So then we cut where Larry is like telling her to get out. I like these scenes. Like, you're right. This could have been the whole thing. Then we get a really quick. This is what you're talking about towards where we get like we're getting a lot of like kind of quick scenes in this episode. And we just get a really quick flash of Jeff and Susie having sex as she as she shouts, fuck me, Tex, fuck me, which I didn't (laughs) need to see that at all. Um, Jeff and Larry are back at Lin-Manuel's managers. Uh, they're catching up. And this time Jeff is totally cowboyed up. He's got the little, what's that thing called? A bolo? I call him Texas ties. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, he's got the little bolo. Which are, which are heinous. <laughs> Absolutely heinous. And whenever I see someone who's like wearing one, ironically, I I hate those people more than the people that wear them for fashion. Oh man! Oh, like people oh. trying to be funny. Look, I have a I have a Texas tie. Look at me, I'm funny. Oh man, the Texas tie. Yeah, I've never. Uh, I don't think I've ever experimented with one of those, man. I've never quite understood what it is. Dude, I had when I was younger. When I was a kid, my grandfather like gave me like at least two of them. I know I had, I owned at least two of them. Oh man. The Texas ties, baby. Maybe you should rock one out for your Twitter profile pic, Sean. Oh yeah. That's a good idea. We'll diversify a little bit. Um, all right. So now Jeff and Larry, uh, are back at the manager. Oh, I said that. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm losing my, uh, I'm sitting a little bit farther away and I have the print a little bit lower and I, I'm trying to look without my glasses. I'm getting old, dude. Yeah. I can't see shit. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hit the old command plus sign. Damn, there we go. Oh, now I can see. Command plus. Yeah, baby. Command plus. All right. So As they're talking, Jeff and Larry are admitting again that Lin-Manuel has taken over Fatwa. And similar to what happened with the Shucker, Larry realizes that the receptionist is listening in. And he turns right to her again and asks her to to exercise discretion, which we know she's not going to do. Mm-hmm. Then Ted Danson arrives. Love Ted Danson. I love the I love the theme in this episode about how Larry keeps on making fun of him for being on so many TV shows. 
Yeah, he's like, why don't you just like, <laughs> why don't you just retire, like give it up? Like, he's like, yeah, I feel like I got some some uh, scripts left to me or whatever he said. I got some work left to me. Ted Danson is great, man. He is on a lot of shit. Um, and then this is where the Tahoe thing comes in because Ted tells Larry that he and Cheryl are going to Tahoe and he's kind of laughing when Larry says, yeah, we went to Tahoe. And Ted kind of laughs. He goes, yeah, Cheryl told me. <laughs> and, then Larry, and then Larry's kind of like, it's almost like he got a stomach ache or something, right? Like he just, oh, it's like he turns green. He does. He did a good job of that. And he won't even tell Jeff what happened. So then Lin-Manuel arrives. And I like how he looks at Jeff and he says, I like the look. I like how it's developing. Keep workshopping that. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then he tells Larry, hey, man, sorry, I can't get tickets for the shucker, you know. But uh, if they were for you. You know, I can uh, I can give them to you. And Larry says, oh, yeah, they're for me. They're for me. And then Lin-Manuel gives Larry the Larry stink eye, starts sizing him up. And he really wins that one. Like Larry even kind of pulls back a little bit. Um, and then thinking about the chair, they then engage in a very childish slapstick and kind of funny. I'm not that into slapstick, though race to the office and then they wrestle in in the agent's office on the floor then lynn manuel just kind of pops up gets behind the desk larry and jeff sit down as if nothing even happened and that to me was the the whole running thing is a little much you know what i mean and the wrestling um i i don't verge doesn't uh cur i mean ver, curb doesn't it verges on going overboard but one of the funny things about it is that you sometimes think also about that that really ha could happen to you or something you know what i mean i mean it yeah. is crazy at points but the fact that they just acted like it didn't happen after which is what really made me laugh they also said something when they were speed walking like back to the office he said something that was repetitive and I, I remember i can't i didn't write it down or anything but i was like oh but yeah i could have done without that yeah i like yeah. the fight though oh you did like the fight yeah the fight was okay okay all right um and then uh there is a point also when the receptionist kind of looks over at larry while they're booking it there which makes it obvious that she told him lin-manuel what's going on yeah. Um, so they sit down and they have their meeting. Uh, we kind of fade out. Um, we come back to the next scene. Leon and Larry are, uh, talking and Larry won't even tell Leon what happened in Tahoe, which is pretty, we got to find out what happened in Tahoe, you know, because it's not going to be anything simple. You know, I mean, immediately you think it's butt stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. That's what everybody would think immediately. But if it, but Leon, that's not anything you're going to hide from Leon. Right? He doesn't hide anything from Leon. Yeah, so that's uh, this has got to come back in the next episode. Um Larry says uh Larry gets upset. He says there's no discretion anymore and it kind of links it into with uh Bridget you know, nobody has discretion, even Bridget. She talks about her ex-boyfriends. And that's when Leon comes up with the idea of the non-disclosure agreement. Um, what do you think about this concept? Uh, I think it's kind of brilliant, actually. We're going to be honest. No, I thought I actually felt that it was really smart. Although later we see the reaction. I mean, some people are, are not going to be too keen on that. But, uh, some people, just some people, just some people. <laughs> yeah. I think it was pretty funny. I, I like it people. And it's kind of, you know, it's really weird how curb with it being about Hollywood and so much about acting and movies and it's Larry and everything, you know, and, and real actors playing themselves that it's touched upon 
be they shot it so many months ago but it really has touched upon so much like weird stuff that we've now found out with all the sexual harassment just all the crazy things that is america every day now you know what i mean like yeah it's kind of weird right like you have this whole non-disclosure thing and that's like a big topic now and it's specifically about like sex and stuff and she her job is standards and practice it's just very it's kind of weird when you think about it. it's a comedy show but it does make you think about it yeah um so jeff arrives and is looking really depressed and like something terrible has happened he hands larry the hat and we find out that Susie sprained his dick (laughs) Uh, which can happen it can happen people um, not, not a, <laughs> go ahead. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. All right. You're being very restrained today, Sean. Su- I am being very are, restrained. You are. Um, Su- so Susie sprained his dick. Uh, Leon listens. And I, this is a great, the thing about Leon, I have to say is sometimes he's not a good reactor as an actor. I I love the actor, but I feel like sometimes when they, maybe it's not him too. I shouldn't blame him. That's something I have to think about too. Um, Because you never know how something's shot. But I notice sometimes when they cut to his reaction shots, he's just a little bit too eagerly listening to people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And this one though was subtle and when he said that about spraying his dick, he just kind of like looks at him and it's just a great look, man. It was just, he just nailed it. It was perfect. Um, and then he also suggests that he gets a dick chiropractor, which I've heard, actually heard of. Have you heard of that? A dick chiropractor? Yeah. No, I have not. <laughs> yeah. You got to get a dick chiropractor. It's out there. Look it up. Google it. Google dick chiropractor. Um, and Jeff note, says that he has some pills. As soon as Jeff said he had some pills, you knew Larry was falling asleep in Hamilton again. Mm-hmm. Right? You know it. Oh, of course. I knew. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So he gives Larry some of the pills. And of course, he says they're really strong. And he says Lynn Manuel's now totally in for fatwa. Larry is not really happy about it. Jeff's trying to get him happy. He's like, Funk is invested. Lewis is invested, which is setting something up. Um, in the play, I'm starting to think, I have to tell you something, Sean. Uh huh. Tell me. I have a massive curb theory that I'm going to drop right now. Are you ready I'm for ready. it? You ready, ready for it? You ready for it? Yep. Are you sure you're ready for it? Dude. Okay. I think they may have already shot the next season and it is them doing the play. Huh. Okay. I just, there's just, I was reading, you know, in doing this podcast, I like to go and read some interviews with Larry every time before, like, I, you know, I just, I'm into the show too, you know, and I got into it uh, or um, listen back to some, like I was listening to an old fresh air interview that he did. And it just like, it's weird because he kept on saying this season sets up a huge plot. You know, and we're we're only an ep- we're only one episode away, and it really didn't set up a huge plot. Like, this is not compared to the Seinfeld season. This is not a huge plot. You know, like they they, they the Fatwa thing was dropped for like three episodes in a row. Yeah, you know, and they're setting so much stuff up with Cheryl and. And, you know, we, you see in the, the preview what the next episode is, what it's about. You Did you watch the preview? For the next episode? No, yeah. I did not. Okay, so we'll save that for the spoiler talk, maybe. We'll have a, we'll have a yeah, a curb spoiler section. This is like getting like Game of Thrones. But anyway, anyway, that's my, that's my bold, probably not correct uh, theory. Um. So, yeah, because I this thing, too, that Funk and Lewis are invested. I was like, why does he? Why did he say that? That's weird, you know? Like, you got to bring them into the storyline, you know? Um, so Larry is trying on the cowboy hat. He goes to, like, go to the mirror, and he looks down the hall, and he notices that the plant is missing. 
and that Rose Shapiro literally committed a breaking and entering, as Leon said, it came into the house and took the plant. So they've got to get retribution. That's actually, that's pretty, that's pretty fucked up. Don't you think so, Sean? Hell yeah. I don't care that she's old. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So Leon and Larry go to Mrs. Shapiro's. That's actually my mother's name, Mrs. Shapiro, uh, to fight about Leon's do-rag. And oh, first they fight about Leon's do-rag, which I thought was pretty good. You know what I mean? It's just continuing along the line with the whole thing. I mean, they always, they're always talking about the race stuff with uh, Larry and Leon together. But it just fits in with how the guy opened the door and, and didn't make Leon pay for the car, remember? Mm-hmm. And like the whole thing that they've been going along with. Um, and again, you know, the commentary on modern society. And I like the way that Leon says that um, it's in the same family as a scarf. <laughs> 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 Which is true. It's totally true. I like that. That's People a, wear a, scarves a like that. Right? It's totally true. Um, so Mrs. Shapiro opens the door. They they bust right into her house. And it's pretty hilarious. They start fighting. She's totally standing her ground. She doesn't want to give up the plant. She says Larry was killing it. Then Larry and Leon are debating about whether to steal her dog or her hat or her husband's hat or the bust of her husband that the hat is sitting on. And eventually it just ends up that she gets the best of them and tosses them out of the house and they leave with nothing. And she's still got the plant. And she even says that her Myron was an Uber five when Larry says he's (laughs) Uber four. And then Larry does say, what's that? I just want to let you know that I'm an Uber 4.93. All right. To be exact. 4.93, baby. That's what Sean just, is. Just want to brag a little bit. Pretty, it's a pretty big score, man. Um, yeah, Larry says, "I'll see you in court." So we should have. I did not pick up on the Judge Judy thing that was coming, but astute watchers perhaps did. Uh, then Larry's driving in his little bitty car, and uh, Lin Manuel calls. You know, I'm here. I got you the tickets. And also, he's totally in on the fatwa play. And then Larry is getting worried. You know, now he's in a position here. He's not behind the desk. He can be a little more aggressive, trying to tell him, you know, we don't need to rewrite the songs. And then Lin-Manuel said, no, we got to get into the weeds. That's where it's at, Larry. I, I just like the way he talks about, like, he's just, you can see this guy, man. He's got a lot of energy. I can see why people dig him. Um, and then... He also tells Larry that he got that if he's going to use the tickets, he's going to be sitting right next to his wife because that's who's going to use his other ticket. So Larry is now caught. He cannot give the ticket to the shucker because Larry and the shucker are not the same. And Lynn Manuel's life wife, who we already met, is going to know. Right. Didn't he meet her? We see her earlier in the episode. Right. Uh, passing she, in passing, uh, right? Oh, uh, really? I don't know if I caught that. I only saw when. No, that's right. I only because it's America Ferrer, right? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, yeah. When we got to that scene, I was gonna say, yeah, that, that, yeah. But I think but we only see her sitting on the couch with Lin Man. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's not in passing, but yeah, we see her sitting on the couch. Okay, so Larry has not met her. Um, that would have been a funny thing too. I wonder if they were workshopping an idea where the shucker tells her that he's Larry. Mm, and then they kind of act like, but then it was like, no, in this world, everybody kind of know who's everybody knows who Larry David is. You know, I was just, cause I was kind of, yeah. th- when that happened, that kind of ran through my mind. I was like, oh, are they going to try to do a thing? Because I wanted just more Steven Weber hijinks. And I was like, that could be kind of funny if he pretends like he's Larry. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it has to do with the hat. They could have like put the hat into it, you know? And then the next time she sees Larry, he's got the hat on and she's like, 
you look different, but I reckon I remember the hat. (laughs) (laughs) The hat's so alluring. See, I'm rewriting Curb, baby. Anyway, Larry and Lin-Manuel and their talk, and it was pretty funny because they both kind of were acting like, you know, Lin-Manuel was like, you know, Larry, you're going to know it's my wife because you're going to be at the play and you're going to be sitting next to her, right? And Larry's like, yes, I'll be sitting next to her and I'll know it's your wife because I'm Larry and I'll be at the play. Who else would be at the play? I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so now Larry, we know we figure out where Larry was going in his little bitty car. It's like a clown car. And uh, he's going to Cheryl's because he wants to talk about Tahoe. But he opens the door. She opens the door and she's having a party. And she didn't invite him. This has happened a couple times on Curb, actually, where Larry opens someone's door and they're having a party that they didn't invite him to. Um, and then they talk about Cheryl talking Tahoe to Ted. And I like that. I think they did that a couple times in this episode, Sean, when they were running through the hallway and in this part. And it happens again where they're using alliteration uh-huh. to make a little joke, right? Yeah. And it didn't work. I like this part, though, when they were saying, talking Tahoe to Ted, I thought that was funny. Uh, Larry kind of peeks in and sees the shucker, and he walks right in. Hey, Sean, have you ever gone to someone's house and they were throwing a party that you weren't invited to? Oh, man. Um, No. Uh, I didn't get invited to a few weddings, which actually I thought was weird. I was like, really? (laughs) But... No, I've never shown up at a house that they were having a party. And I was like, oh, I wasn't invited. Yeah, me neither. I guess people have just not, I've just not found out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Whenever I'm not invited to a wedding, I'm always thankful. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, no, and generally, like, it's always been like, thank God. Yeah, I'm in, I'm looking forward to my man. He's Solo's wedding. We're going to have a party, and I had fun at Aaron's. I, I've, I mean, I've had friend, fun at my friend's weddings, but honestly, I'm just really not a big fan of weddings. I'm not a big wedding guy. It's too loud. Once they start dancing, I'm ready to leave. Yeah. I'm ready to leave. Like, the food, I just, like, give me the food. I'm out. Peace. You're not going to remember anyway. Um, so Larry confronts Steven Weber. He even says, I have your hat, but I got to talk to you about something. They go to Larry's car and Larry breaks the news. I can't give you the tickets because Lynn Manuel's going to figure out it's not me. So you got to give me the tickets. And then, um, Steven, this was a funny thing. He said, he says to Larry, that's a bad horse trade. I've never heard anyone say that before. I just thought it was kind of a, I just thought it was like a weird, I just thought it was a weird thing that he said. It's like, it's like a bad horse trade. Um, and he bribes Larry for 200, $2,500. I'm sorry, not 250 for the tickets. And then Larry, yeah, it's very strong. And then Larry's like, man, you're ruthless. And then he says, that's the shuckers way. Um, and then he pulls out a square so Larry can pay with his credit card, which I thought was pretty funny. (laughs) We take credit cards. (laughs) Um, so now we cut to Larry and Bridget watching TV in bed again. I think they're doing another one of her shows checking that it's not vulgar. And then they start talking about sex and she says, Larry can do anything he wants. And he says, uh, you know, I just like to get an erection and put it in a vagina. And uh, she's like really disappointed. She's like, come on, Larry, what, what's going on with you? And I didn't really get what was going on. Cause at first I thought that's probably true for Larry, you know? Yeah. I think he's just one of those guys that, you know, just likes the missionary and be done. And <laughs> that's it. Maybe I mean, keep it simple. You know? Keep it simple, man. And I have to tell you, I'm not too far off from Larry. I like, I like to keep it simple. I, you know, it doesn't take much. 
That's like Larry, Larry said that before. It's like I could just brush up against something. It doesn't take much. And I have to say, I'm with you. I'm I'm like that, Larry. It He's an old man. Like, what is he gonna do? Yeah, like, like he's seventy. Hey, hey, look, what is he gonna do? I don't know. You know what, Sean? I've been he like this my whole hip. life, though. It doesn't. It doesn't like. I don't. I don't need any. I don't need. Uh, you know, you don't need to put on a gymnastics routine. <laughs> You know what I mean? You, the women I've been with, they've been enough for me. I don't, you know, I don't know. Larry, Larry kind of seems like this. That's why I feel like this whole thing is like, I'm just thinking like, Larry's kind of a lame dude. Like well, this Tahoe thing is going to turn out to be something like he wanted her to like dress up like a lane or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be something like that. Larry. Yeah. It's it just, I can't see Larry being very, uh. You know, I can't see Larry breaking out the chains and the whips or anything. Mm. Um, and when he pulls out, uh, then he pulls, like I said, he pulls out the non-disclosure and it doesn't go well. She's out. Oh, she's she just, pissed. yeah, she's very pissed. And Larry has a, a fun time. This was a pretty funny where he's like, you don't know what you're missing. Orgasms galore. It'll be a dream for you. I thought it was pretty <laughs> funny. And he's even up against the window. Like, uh, just yelling at her as she leaves. And, uh, yeah, this was a good scene. She was fantastic in it, too. And they also argue about um, Little Asshole, where he says uh, that. Yeah, that's right. She... Your kid who you pretended had Asperger's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then she says, he has Asperger's. What's your excuse? And then, like, how many times have people said that in Curb to Larry? Um, now we get, now we cut and Larry's on judge Judy and this scene was really funny. They could have messed this up, uh, and they really did a good job of it to me. This was like the other courtroom scene. They just nailed it. It wasn't too long. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that Leon was there. Yeah. Um, his objection was hilarious. And then he was talking about, I'm a mocha tone, sometimes a bit more (laughs) mahogany. Yeah. And then he says, is it okay if I pace like the lawyers do? <laughs> Just, he's always so chill, man. I love him. Uh, yeah. What did you think about this scene? I loved it. It was like, man, I wish Judge Judy was like more Judge Judy, a little bit more angry. Yeah. I she, felt she usually gets pissed off at someone. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if they didn't have a lot of time to shoot this. Yeah. Or uh, what was going on. But she even kind of stumbled over her line at one point, you know. And I don't know if they kept that in to make it seem more realistic or what. But it just like, yeah, she was not that great. But the whole, they brought all the stuff they brought back was great. He offers her the cough drop just like he did the other time. He starts talking about the filtered. what, And the fact that they were just like slingshotting all these little jokes at you the whole for that whole scene just it was like a carnival you know it was yeah. like a three ring circus and it really worked for me i thought it was really funny i liked it yeah you didn't like it as much as i liked it though <laughs> you're in love with that scene <laughs> <laughs> and of course judge judy finds with rose so rose gets the plant um then we cut to another quick scene. Susie is sitting there in bed. And guess who comes out? She's fucking the shucker. She's fucking shucking. She's a shucker fucker. She's a shucker fucker. <laughs> Which I thought was great. Because I think it's funny the way it just corresponds to the whole Jeff thing. I mean, dude, I'm telling you. It's just like I'm saying, they're they're laying so many other things down. I just can see a whole a whole next season where they are making fatwa. Jeff and Susie are separated. Jeff comes because they say let's workshop it somewhere. Remember, so they're yeah. in like some little town. It's like Larry in small town America or something like that. Jeff comes to stay with him because he's separated from Susie and whatever happens in the finale. I could just see it happening, man. It would be super funny. Um, So now we get to the final scene of the episode. They're at Hamilton. Larry sits down next to Lin-Manuel's wife 
of, as we said, it's America Ferrara. She's fantastic. Larry goes on about the shucking. Uh, you know, I don't know. He's like, I'm not the shucker. Then he starts talking about how he doesn't uh, to her about how Lin-Manuel said they're going to get into the weeds. We don't really need to get into the weeds. He should get into your weeds. It's <laughs> like, I don't mean that sexually, but, you know, and then he just says it about eight times. So he does his typical Larry where he offends people immediately. Then his shoulder is kind of hurting him. He pops a couple pills, immediately falls asleep on her shoulder. <laughs> And I thought that it was great. And even the guy in the audience, um, I mean, I'm sorry, the guy on stage is like making yeah, reference to Larry, <laughs> like trying to get him to wake up. And uh, that was the most of Hamilton I ever saw. Yeah, I, I know like absolutely nothing about Hamilton. Yeah, it just All passed know, me by. You know? Yeah, I don't like, know. I just. I mean, I'm not a musical person. I mean, everyone's like, oh, it's so great. I mean, but I'm not a musical person. Yeah, see, I, I kind of am, but I don't know why. And it, w- it would see, it would, it's something in the way they did it. It, it. it would be something that normally I would be interested in. And, and, you know, and I'm supportive of the do, like I said, and I think a lot of people have loved it. But I just have the whole... Hamilton Fuhrer has just passed me by and I don't think I've ever heard. Maybe I have now, now that like kind of the, the, the rhythm of it, the way they were kind of the, you know, um, I, I kind of think maybe I have heard something cause it reminded me of that Rogers and Hammerstein when they're like an ordinary gentleman, da, 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 like that, you know, like yeah. it's like he kind of played with not only rap, but he also played with the history of theater yeah, and incorporated that into it, which is why I think it's something. So it's not just, you know, let's make a bunch of old white guys into different characters at rap or something, or if that, I don't, cause I don't even know if that's what it is, but um, that's what I assumed it was. But now I actually am interested in Hamilton. Now, maybe I'll go try to uh, see Hamilton. Do you have any tickets, Sean? I do not. Can you get me any? Maybe if you get on at the comedy store, you'll get Hamilton tickets. Uh, yeah, right. Come on. You don't know anyone out there in L.A. that can help me out? Would you say I'm sorry? Oh, I love <laughs> What's going on over there? No, there's a guy trying to use the printer in here. I just told oh. him it's not working. Oh, okay. All right, I'm sorry. Sean's got some problems over there. Some printing problems. All right, pal. Well, let's wrap it up, man. You, you got any final... Oh, it's okay. No, no, no. Hey, man. We're podcasting here. Dude, we're leaving it in. It's fun. Sean's in a freaking computer room. Yeah. We've, we've no, I'm in, a, I'm in a studio completely dedicated to podcasting. <laughs> He's in the Earwolf Studios. <laughs> so please buy our mattresses. Uh, all right, Sean. Is there anything else you want to say about this episode? No, I mean, it was a good episode. I'm really looking forward to the finale. And um, I'm sorry, I'm a little under weather today. So I haven't been uh, so, you know energetic but um and i'm sorry i wasn't there last week um but looking forward to the season finale yeah it's gonna be fun dude and we'll do a nice episode about that and um i feel like we should also uh maybe just do kind of a wrap-up episode where we just kind of leisurely talk about some fun things in the season just basically chat about curb and just have kind of a fun more relaxed episode where we're not recapping. What do you think about that? Sure. All right. So we got two more episodes of Curb Your Podcast coming at you. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Curb Your Podcast. You can also email us, curbyourpodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash DVR. Hear about all our great other shows. Uh, just today, I put up How About Them Cowboys, which he solo and Hispanic Chris do, where they talk about the Dallas Cowboys and NFL. I had uh, DJ's Inside DJ's DVR, 
where DJ Tim Hines of Podcast Winterfell and Westworld Theorycast fame goes through his DVR, talks about his life and all the types of TV and movies that he's watching. Um, like I said, Heath and I did that music pod. We've got a bunch of other stuff coming at you. Thaxton, Thack Daddy Experience. Check that out. A philosophical, trippy, techno explosion of ideas and exploration into pop culture. And uh, yeah, that's that's what we got going on over there. So check us out. And uh, Sean, why don't you uh, take us out, baby? All right, Axel, just want to let you know, this show was pretty, 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 pretty good.